Welcome to the Better Together Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Moore, and I run this podcast with my wife, Dorana. In this podcast, we're here to uplift, encourage others by sharing our struggles, success with our marriage, family, and our entrepreneurship journey. Please don't forget to subscribe. Now sit back and enjoy. Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Cody Moore. I'm by myself today. My wife had some other obligations she had to take care of, so I thought today would be a good day to talk about transitioning from the military. The other things I want to talk about is how I deal with adversity, what I struggle with, good and bad outlets, how I deal with stress, what makes me happy, and how to be content. I'm going to try to make this as clear as I can, and hopefully I can convey this message. Sometimes I have a hard time conveying the message that I'm trying to get out. I, I have it in my head, and sometimes I I have a hard time putting it into word. There's different ways to transition. You can do business, you can do a job, you can do school. All of them are are good in their own ways and they all have different potential that you can take advantage of. Life has been hard since I got out. I'm not going to say it's easy. A lot of people want to lie about whatever they're doing in life on social media or whatever and make it look like they're doing better than they are. I'm here to say, you know, it's usually not the case. Everybody has their struggles that they deal with. When you get out of the military, you need to have a solid plan. I know my plan wasn't as solid as I thought it was. I should have done more research before I got out with what we were getting ourselves into. I got out in 2021. COVID was still pretty big. That was a, a hindrance on our growth as far as a business went. Did a lot of things that looking back, I, I wish we would have done differently. And I think we could have not been in the situation that we're in now. Tacked on a lot of debt by just kind of winging it, not researching the business and the, the industry that we were getting into. Just kind of thinking, oh, it'll work. You know, Unless you have a solid plan, you're probably going to struggle. So how I deal with my problems and my stress. I struggle with dealing with stress. My wife tells me all the time, I get worked up. I get heated, and it's true. I do. I have anger problems. I'm not going to say I don't. I've seen a lot of therapy and counseling. I've done all that. I'm on medication for it. Finding the right outlet is important. If you get that outlet taken from you, it can really be bad for your mental health. For me, my outlet is nature, fishing, hunting, camping, spending time near water. Uh, water's a natural stress reliever for me. Obviously, I live in the desert, so that's it's not always possible. I really look forward to fall time because two of my favorite things, well, three of my favorite things. I have football season. I have hunting season for waterfowl and migratory birds and all that. The weather gets cooler, and I, I like the cold weather. So those are kind of my natural stress relievers. The other stress reliever that I have that's not a good stress reliever. I've gotten better about it. I have a drinking problem. I'm not even going to sit here and lie. There was be a time after I got out of inpatient care. I was there for almost two weeks. We were in the field for 35 days. I had a mental breakdown. I just couldn't handle the stress. I couldn't handle the the people that caused the stress. I couldn't do it anymore. So I checked myself in after 35 days. Those 35 days, I didn't see my family. To come home, normally people would just be like, you know, I'm home now, everything's going to be fine. The reality of it for me was I knew I had a problem. So I checked myself into inpatient care. I expected it to be about a week. Turned into 12 days. What I learned there was kind of how to deal with my problems better. I learned that you could reach out for help, and the help is there. It's a sign of strength, and that's another thing that often gets misinterpreted in the military is you can just suck it up. And there's times where, yeah, you know, you just need to suck it up, but there is times where you need to reach out for help, and I'm glad I did that. Back to what I was saying about my drinking problem. After I checked out of the 12-day inpatient, I probably went maybe a week without 
without drinking. And then after that, it turned into about probably a year and a half or two years straight. Every day I was drinking. I would wake up super early due to the effects of the alcohol. I would, uh, it wasn't like I was waking up shaking or anything. When you, you get in such a habit of drinking, I would wake up, my legs would hurt, my feet would hurt due to the lack of citric acid. I had gout. A lot of people think gout comes from eating chili in the in the summertime, but that's not the case. It's caused by drinking too much. It makes your joints and your feet swell. So I had those issues. It's not that I like wanted to drink. It was just I felt the need to. And actually, I still feel that need. I still feel the when I drink, I forget all my problems. I still drink. I'm not going to sit here and say I don't, but I have cut way back and I'm I'm glad for that. I know a lot of people in the military struggle with that. Kind of like a part of the military that's accepted that it's normal. To be honest with you, it's not. I would say if you can, just try not to ever put yourself in the situation where that's that's your outlet. Make sure you have something else. A lot of people will go to the gym or exercise or have other outlets. Some other people will just turn to drinking. There's a lot of negative effects to that. That's kind of how I deal with my problems and the good and bad outlets. And I'm I'm not here to say, like, I'm perfect. And I know it's something I need to break. It's a habit I need to break. People reach out to you and they're, they have good intentions. They want to help you. Like, hey, you know, this and that. You should cut back. And that, that, that does help. But it's all on the inside for the most part. You have to want to change. So if you need help, ask for it. Seek therapy therapy is a good thing. I've done marriage counseling. I've done counseling by myself with a with a provider, especially if you're a veteran or you're still in the military. It is a free service that I think everybody should do because if anybody in the military says they're not dealing with problems, they're lying because it's, it's something that we deal with on a daily basis. What I struggle with the most is when a problem arises, and it's usually a money problem, I will start to panic. My anxiety gets bad. I'll be short, be forgetful. My wife will pointed out to me and I'm glad she does it makes me take a step back and be like it's gonna be fine we're gonna make it happen just let go of your worries but still at the same time you need to face them because if you just let go problems aren't gonna fix themselves so you need to face the problems you need to come up with a plan and you need to execute the plan because if you don't face your problems they just get worse they pile on procrastination is a big problem with me and it's not even like it's crazy i'll procrastinate something to the last minute i'll make that phone call or i'll make send that email or i'll go talk to that person expecting the worst due to my anxiety once it's over i'm like wow that wasn't bad at all that was easy it's best to not procrastinate it's best to just face your problems get it over with, rip the band-aid off. The outcome isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, and I, I try to get myself out of that mindset of expecting the worst. But I think also if you expect the worst, as long as you don't dwell on it, it's it's a small win for you mentally. I want to talk a little bit about the trauma that I've caused my family. I know my kids see it. I know obviously my wife sees it. I don't think I ever intentionally meant for that trauma to come out and be shown to them. I grew up from a single family home. It was a lot of dysfunction. When I was 20, I left for basic training, not really experiencing a normal life. I was homeschooled. I didn't have a social upbringing. I didn't really know how to talk to people very well, and I'm still dealing with those problems today. The military definitely helped. It was a struggle in the beginning in the military, even just to have a basic conversation with people. Like, yeah, you could talk about stuff, but not, not on the level that was normal. And I still deal with those problems today. Social anxiety that I'm working on, and it's definitely gotten a lot better, especially going to these these events, these networking events. But in the beginning of networking, like I didn't even want to go talk to anybody. It was just like kind of 
nudge my wife and be like, hey, go talk to them. And then I'll, I'll, you know, I'll start talking after. But now it's not really the opposite, but flip the 180. Now I go up to people, introduce myself. And I don't know, I don't know why I ever had a problem with that because you go up and talk to somebody, you're benefiting yourself, you're benefiting them if you have something you can offer them. At the end of the day, they're not going to remember if you messed up or if you said something awkward or whatever, right? They're not going to remember. I think it benefits you and them greatly. People sometimes ask me how I deal with adversity, how I face adversity. I wish there was a profound way that I tell you how I face adversity or how I face my problems like that. It's pretty simple. I put one foot in front of the other and I never give up. A story that I'll tell you about right now, I was a sophomore and I was on the basketball team. As a freshman, we went. I think we went 16 and 2. We were pretty good. So I got a lot of playing time off the bench because I'd be up by a lot of points. They would put us backups in and then my sophomore year everybody transitioned to varsity or JV. They put in the time in the summer. They improved themselves. I didn't do that. Not fault of my own completely, definitely some of it my own. So my sophomore year I was on the C team, which was the freshman team, and there was three or four sophomores on the team. I was one of them. So the first game out, I did really well. They brought me off the bench, but I did really well. I don't know what happened after that. We were pretty bad. The team was pretty pretty terrible. I think we were 0 and 10 or 1 and 10, and we played a team with five guys. They the rest of the team had the flu or something we got beat by these guys with five players nobody on that team got to rest and we got beat most of that game i didn't get to play so i went in the next day to talk to the the varsity coach and i was pretty cool with him and i brought my jersey and i turned in my jersey and i quit that's something i think about a lot because the feeling of regret right after i quit was huge i didn't i should have never done it sometimes we do things in life where the consequences you don't really see them until after you do it so the next day after that (laughs) I went back and I was like, hey coach, you know, I'm sorry, I should have never done that. Can I can I get back on the team? And he told me no. It was a little emotional for me because I was like, man, I didn't think that through, you know. The lesson I learned from that was huge because after that, it kind of gave me a, a feeling in my heart like I'm never going to do that again. I never want to feel that way again. So every time after that, that I wanted to quit, I would think about that. And I'd be like, I'm never going to quit because that feeling, it sucks. It absolutely sucks. When you give up on something before you see it through, and then you have this this feeling of regret that you have to live with the rest of your life. There's been a lot of times where I'm like, you know what? What's the point of doing this? I don't want to do this anymore. And I think back often when I was in Korea, my NCO forced me to do the spur ride. For those of you that don't know, the spur ride is like a, a calf scout thing. It's a event that's sometimes 24 hours sometimes 48 72 whatever it's a long event where you do various exercises and drills and all this crap the first day we did some pretty simple training nothing crazy land nav and whatever and then the second day they had us do a 12 mile ruck march and i was like all right in the in the military usually the 12 mile ruck march is like the last thing you do it's kind of a symbol of like the finish line not this time we did the 12 mile ruck march. We went right into stations. We were already sucking. Right off the bat, we were sucking. Our spur holder, so he walked the lane with us. Like took us to all the stations, made sure everybody was drinking water, all this stuff, right? This guy was an idiot. 
absolute idiot. He took us four or five miles the wrong direction. We get there, and he's trying to call somebody, and, oh, where am I supposed to be, blah, blah, blah. After we get to where we thought we were supposed to be, so I was like, man, why am I doing this? I'm doing this for a pair of spurs just to just to show I was in a cab unit. But I didn't give up. I was like, you know what? All right, let's get to the next station. We'll see how it goes. We get to the next station, and it was like a low crawl, react contact, all this crap. And I was like, all right, whatever. So we did that. That wasn't bad. I don't remember the next one. By this time, it's like evening. They told us to eat. So I was like, all right, cool. I have an MRE. We break it out. They're like, all right, you got five minutes. They're like, drop your Kevlar, drop your glasses, your gloves, whatever. Go ahead and eat. I put my Kevlar down, and I put a couple of my snacks in it. I put my gloves, my iPro, all this crap, right? And then one of the spur holders walks over, and he picks up my Kevlar. And I'm like, all right, like, what's he doing? Well, he walks off with it, and he puts it somewhere. And I'm like, all right. In the military, we, we call it something explicit games, right? So he pulls my Kevlar and puts it somewhere else. And I'm like, sweet. And he's like, why'd you lose your Kevlar? And I was like, really, dude? Like, I didn't lose my Kevlar, you know? You you literally just picked it up and took it. <laughs> he's like, no, you didn't secure it. And I'm like, all right, what do you have for me? So he's like, all right, low crawl to it. So I low crawl to it. And as I'm low crawling, I'm like, man, this is so dumb. Like, why am I doing this? I should, I should just quit. Like, this is pointless. Why am I doing this? And then I, it brings me back to quitting the high school basketball team. That feeling of regret, I, I ingrained in my head, like, I have to be dying to quit. And it sounds so cliche, but it's it's true for me. So we, we carry on. We do all these stupid drills throughout the night. I think we were up for a total of, I don't remember, 36 something hours, something like that. And then we get to, like, the last little bit. You know, every 20 minutes, I was like, yep. I'm just going to drop out. I'm just going to quit. But I didn't do it. We get back the next day to the little motor pool, and they have a couple more drills for us. And it's like 5 in the morning now. And they're like, all right, pull security on the motor pool. And I'm just, I'm falling asleep. Like, I, I can't stay awake. And they don't tell you when it's going to end. So you really don't know. I'm sitting there in the motor pool in the prone position, and I'm falling asleep. Like, can't do this. When's this going to end? They finally call our team up. And by this time, they're, you kind of feel like the end is near. And, yeah, it was just a good feeling. Your body can take more than you really think it can. If you quit before you should, you have that feeling like, man, what if I would have just finished? What if I would have just completed what I was set out to do? I'm so glad for those two examples because quitting the high school basketball team was just this serious feeling of regret. Doing the spur ride, I was like, I don't ever want to feel that way again. And that's why I finished. It makes you feel proud of what you accomplish. The NCO that made me and one of my soldiers sign up for it, we're, we're good friends now. After I finished, you're going to feel so proud when you're done. It's true. You do. You feel that way. You feel very proud of what you've accomplished. And it's something super minuscule in the military. Like, it's not like Sears School, obviously. It's not like Ranger School. It's not like any of those schools that give you a, a badge or something. But it's something in the cab world to be proud of. So while I was in, towards the end of my military service, I never wanted to commit suicide. Thoughts of not caring if I live or die was constantly there. That's even something I struggled with up till recently. I'm just like, to me, it doesn't matter if I live or die. I don't care. I have so many problems. I don't care what happens. I think there has to be a healthy balance of that. The bad part of that is not caring if you live or die. Don't dwell on the problems. You just have to live and let go. You have to let life run its course because it's going to run its course. There's nobody out there that is going to really change life. Life is going to happen and you control your own fate. You control your destiny. The work you put in today and tomorrow is going to add up. The more you improve yourself daily, you're going to look back in 10 years and look at the problems that you faced today and you're going to be shocked 
why you even thought they were a problem, you know? Because problems that you're going to face in the future, as long as you're improving, are going to be way bigger, but you're going to know how to deal with them. There's been times when I see all the bills we have, debts that we owe, and all this. It triggers me, messes with my, my brain and my anxiety, and it's like, how are you going to pay that next bill? And it does you no good to just dwell on it. Make a plan, execute the plan to your best ability, and everything will work out. Another thing I've learned by being an entrepreneur, you have to learn to be content because you're not going to be a millionaire overnight. It's not going to happen. So you have to be content with the small things you have. You have to be content with your health your family take the small wins be happy about them because if i sit here and dwell on oh i want a lamborghini oh i want a mansion all that crap it really doesn't matter i've survived the worst i feel like i've survived barely being able to pay my rent selling whatever i can just to make enough money to pay the rent for my businesses especially we struggle paying our mortgage there's times where it's like we don't have money for you know we got to be late on the on the rent for the apartments for the airbnbs me and my wife we always make it happen if you have the mindset of never giving up put the next foot in front of the other if you both have that mindset like you'd be absolutely shocked what you can accomplish the other thing i want to hit on is you never want to stop growing you've got to keep growing and that's why I'm going to go back to school. I start in about a month or two. I'm going for business administration. It's something that can benefit me greatly. Being an entrepreneur, learning business law, how to project manage, all this stuff. So you never want to stop improving no matter what you're doing in life. All those little things, they add up. You prevent yourself from growing if you're not willing to be uncomfortable. Think about the first time you ran a mile or the first time you did a bench press, whatever. It was uncomfortable. You didn't want to do it. But after you did it, the greatest instant gratification you feel from that is you accomplished something. And the other thing is you're building a habit. Improve your life. Improve your family's life, whatever. So the more uncomfortable you are, the more comfortable you will be facing small challenges. All those challenges, they add up and it's uncomfortable. But in five years, you'll look back and be like wow people want to see you do well until they see you surpass them and you're doing better than them and whatever that's something that everybody needs to work on there's people that legitimately want to see somebody do better and that's the mindset I think everybody needs to have so don't get caught up in oh that person's doing better than me or oh that person just bought a new house and a new car and all this like why can't I have that well are you putting in the work to get there are you doing what you need to do to be successful or are you being content with staying where you are and you're being comfortable with where you are being content is good being comfortable is another thing where you're not trying to better yourself so just keep that in mind with when you see somebody doing well don't don't get salty because you're not always going to see the work that they put in to be there i hope i'm not rambling i hope all this makes sense but like I said, I have a hard time sometimes conveying a message that I have in my head. Sometimes I get off track, but I hope some of you get something out of this. That's my podcast for the day. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I want to thank everybody for the words of encouragement that I've gotten over the last couple days. The support means a lot, so I just want to say thank you.